Hi, honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you, and we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the comedy club on state in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a joke festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live endless honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a joke festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the D.C. Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I might be a little loopy today. Tosh? Yeah? So luckily, we didn't have to come up with an intro today because we got a bunch of fan mail. Uh about last week's episode episode yes should we uh should we read some of it yeah okay (laughs) one thing well one letter we got was in direct response to your valiant attempt to say something about when you're a lesbian in college oh yeah did they figure out what i was talking about well let's find out they said natasha The saying you mentioned on this episode 127 about not being gay if you haven't experimented in college is very untrue. You aren't taking into account those of us who were sexually repressed thanks to our religious upbringings. I went to a four-year school and had more than 70 sorority sisters ripe for the picking, and I didn't make out with a single one. What a waste. I didn't have a clue that I was a lesbian until a few years after I graduated. I partied all the way through college and slept with a ton of dudes. I thought I was super cool because I was never emotionally attached and I wasn't susceptible to crushes like my friends. I always I was always cool and collected around guys. Turns out it's because I am super gay. It took a few years, but when I finally did hook up with a woman, I was like, oh, that's what it is. Mama mia. Auga. I'm gushing like the Colorado River. Here I go. The Mississippi's flowing with not as much wetness as I'm flowing with. Come on, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It just says, oh, that's what it is. Sorry to ruin your theory. Better late than never. Love the podcast. And then there's a P.S. It says, Natasha, you should read Moesha's book. Well, I'm Moesha, but I appreciate that you're a fan of Brandy. It's hilarious that we know stuff about him from the book that you don't. Dead giveaway that you haven't read it. (laughs) Okay, I've read his book. And it's not my theory. It was something that I remember someone saying. But you know what? I love what you're saying. It's obviously true. And it gives me hope. You know, I love what she was saying about... Maybe maybe I'll be a lesbian. Maybe I am a lesbian. Maybe you are. Maybe I'm about to realize that after the pandemic. Hey, go right ahead. Actually, if you're interested, I know more than 70 sorority sisters ripe for the picking. And you could get in there and you could find out that that's what it is. By the way, uh, that lovely couple we had on last week, uh, people say I give good recommendations on here. Uh, And listen, I don't know if this is connected. But last week on the episode, I recommended uh, Squid Game. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been following the entertainment news, the trades I call them, but this week they announced that Squid Game is poised to be the number one Netflix show of all time. Wow. Do you think it's connected? You got the you got the endless honeymoon bump. It's pretty cool. All but, right. Well, oh wait, I, I was going to say, least... hold on, let me finish my okay. thought, my point thought. My point thought is that lovely couple we had on last week about they're trying to find a sperm donor. There's a really nice documentary on HBO that we watched just the other day called Nuclear Family. Is it? Mm. It's nuclear, right? Mm-hmm. Nu- nuclear or not? Nu- What's not- the stupid p- version? Nuclear? Yeah. Okay. Nuclear is good. No, nuclear. Wait, which one's right? Nuclear. nuclear. What did I say? Did I say it right? Nuclear is stupid. Nuclear is stupid and I said, stupid. and I w- I'm stupid. But I said the stupid. Well, you know what? That's ableist. You said the one that George Bush said. <laughs> remember like when all those politicians like remember dan quayle like couldn't he didn't know how to spell potato Potato-y, or something <laughs> yeah yeah but listen <clears throat> i'm obviously wrong i just remember someone telling me that I, I i like the idea that your sexuality is is always unfolding i think that's cool i do too and by the way if you want to be a lesbian um in particular if i'm in the room I actually think that's no, and and I I actually think that's hot. Isn't that interesting? All right, what's our no, other? No, I actually mail? think that's hot. Isn't that an interesting like swing for a guy to say like, I actually think two chicks hooking up is actually hot. Isn't that a kind of a that's kind of an unusual thing for a fella to say, right? Okay, I'm gonna read this next this, one. The, all the rest of the mail, by the way, is about our chihuahuas <laughs> dropping hot piss all over our living. Situation. I mean, I've I've mentioned it to a few people. What the caller said is, which is that all street dogs pee on your. You can never train them; they'll always pee on your rugs, and no one else has heard of that. So I don't know if that girl was right because I've already like kind of detached myself from my dogs emotionally. Listen, we our approach to research on the Endless Honeymoon podcast is if one <laughs> listener says it, we take it as fact. So right now, I'm of the opinion that Chihuahuas can't hold their pee pee in and that uh, and that you can you can discover your gay much later in life. Um, okay, let me read this one. Hey, Moshe Natasha, Shana Tova. My Chihuahua lived until he was 19. R.I.P. Bunny. The last few years were tough. He was medically healthy, but a very old man in a tiny dog's body. Oh, that's what cutie is. A lot of sleeping in the sun and needing to pee every two hours or so. Oh, that's like cutie. Except at night when he could hold it for about six hours, although we resorted to diapers sometimes. Let me stop you right there. There's been a lot of talk about diapers in my <laughs> DMs and in these emails. Uh, let me just say. And in, in from me. And Natasha, I'd rather live with piss. I'd rather my life smell like a hot load of pee-pee. Than be than be petting something wearing diapers. Okay, well, what if we just put diapers on Pablo? Why? Well, he's the one who has the penis, and he's doing the spray across like bedspreads and furniture. Like it's like a rainbow spray that he likes to. First of all, Pablo is medically healthy, but he has a a, a very big man's dick and a tiny dog's body. Okay, well, let's listen to what else she says. Okay, so they have resorted to diapers sometimes. The big move was having him pee like he did when he was trained on newspaper for a treat. Honey Nut Cheerios usually did the trick. Wait, you'd put a Honey Nut Cheerio on a newspaper and he would piss on it? No, you'd, you'd, you'd hold it up for them. And I bet That's you like, Cutie would love that because she wants to get back to the stage. You have to recognize, she goes on to say... You have to recognize this is a losing battle, which is both heartbreaking and ridiculous at the same time. You basically have an 85-year-old who's hanging around because they love you, and eventually their lack of quality of life will make this the decision for you. In the meantime, give them treats, smooches, and belly rubs, and realize... They're peeing on that rug in order to stick around just a little bit longer for you. It's such, such a human-like centric way of looking at a dog's aging phase. Like they're trying to stay around because they want, <laughs> they love you so dearly. It's like no, they had a life expectancy, and they would. This is when they're gonna die. They're not like no. Oh, I must stay and pee for my master to pet me one more day. <laughs> Uh, shall I read the next one? Do yeah. you have some thoughts? I was just thinking we are keeping our dog alive with medicine. That is, no, we're keeping her alive. She's not sticking around to love us. Right. We're making her <laughs> stick around against her will so that, because we love her. She would have been dead by now, right? Without H- medicine? hundred percent. And I wouldn't have been addicted to hydrocodone if she hadn't <laughs> gotten that prescription. So is she kind of like on like a heroin bliss feeling, do you think? Well, she takes, she takes a controlled substance. And I got to tell you, because I do the one for you, one for me. Um, plan with her medicine and that shit is delicioso 
Hey, Moshe and Natasha, I was just listening to y'all's podcast where you're talking about how the chihuahuas keep pissing on your rugs. It occurred to me, and I'm surprised that it uh, didn't occur to you, that maybe you should just put them, put down the sex towel. Maybe <laughs> score a couple extra and put them on every single one of your rugs and really test it to see if it's as absorbent. No, that's as impossible. It. You never know where they're going to pee. That would never work. It wouldn't work, but it's a funny suggestion. But I do actually have to make a legal disclaimer. Um, we did a long intro about the sex rug. What's it called again? The blast blanket or something? It's for squirters. The, yeah, the, the squirt squ- the pad? S- uh, the, uh, the, yeah, the, the queef quilt. What is it again? <laughs> it's the, the, the comforter. Anyway, the, apparently we were very heavily featured on their website after we did that, um, that long-winded uh, preview of it. And um, what's it called? The layer? layer layer yeah like a layer, layer before your bed so to the people at the layer i know that you've you you put our intellectual property on your website <laughs> i know we were talking about your stuff but anyway this is a l- official cease and desist you are not legally allowed to use our likeness to uh to promote your cum tell and that is just <laughs> it's just a bridge too far for us you don't don't try to ride the honeymoon <laughs> wave i'm just kidding do whatever you want Okay, we got some more. Okay, I don't like that idea. Hi, I have a 12-year-old deer leg. They mean deer head chihuahua? It's a deer leg or a deer head chihuahua. A deer head chihuahua. There's like apple chihuahua and deer head and apple's what? like the cute one. <laughs> that's is that what, real? I never heard that before. I mean, that's that what people before. say. Like Blanche is kind of a deer head and Cutie's more of like an apple head. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, she says uh, a deer, a 12-year-old deer leg chihuahua. I'm not that would sh- be kind of funny, actually. <laughs> a chihuahua really on top of the full-length deer leg. That would be so cute. <laughs> I would definitely have that around. I'm not sure if it's because of his slightly bigger bladder or my very strict mom that... Or my very strict mom that had him as a puppy, but he is house trained. So I don't think you can write off that breed and their tiny bladders altogether. Although compared to larger dogs, he does seem to kind of enjoy rebelling. For example, he refused to look... He refused to learn the word sit, but he does understand what beach and treat mean. Also, beach? <laughs> Wait, is that a command? <laughs> is that when you, you're in the sea and you go beach and it c- comes and turns upside down on the, uh, on the sand? I want to teach our dog um, beach. Yeah, beach. Beach cutie. And then she just goes to Maui. Well, she's stopped sitting, but she used to be good at it. Here's another one. Hey, guys, just listening to your show about the dogs peeing. I had two wiener dogs similar to Chihuahuas in that they have tiny peanut brains and small <laughs> bladders. For 10 years, they peed all over our house, all over our rugs, everything. Penny passed away, and our other dog, Trout, immediately stopped peeing in the house. Immediately. Interesting. Our little weenies never liked each other and walked around with contempt towards each other for their entire lives. <laughs> I believe they peed on things to one-up each other. Hence, whenever you bring a new item into the house, they all clamor to pee on it. When you only have one little jerk dog, they don't feel the need to pee on things and mark it as their territory. That is fascinating. We that's have to kill so one of the dogs. Wait, that's so true that... Well, Pablo is doing that. Remember it's not I told all you Pablo. but he did as soon as I brought You're a, a man hater, and that's your problem. I brought a tennis racket into the house for the first time mm-hmm. and I when I went to pick it up there was a puddle of piss around it. How do you know it was Pablo? Because it was sprayed. Yeah. And a, a little old lady has to squat. So she you can't know it was spray. from a penis. Yes. How do you know it was Pablo? <laughs> I don't want you playing tennis with those hot instructors. <laughs> Okay, there's some more. Okay, hey guys, just listen to your show about the dogs peeing. Oh, okay, I already heard that one. Hello, Miss. Hello, Mrs. Legero and Mr. Casher. Chihuahuas are notorious for pissing and shitting indoors. This is because humans humanize dogs. Chihuahuas are never trained properly because people treat them like babies. Don't be mean or nice about training them to pee outside. Be matter of fact. Make it clear that they go outside with your body language. Remember, dogs don't speak English. I mean, big fan, Tyler. Wait, they, yes, they do. They don't speak English. They know beach. They know sit. <laughs> yeah, they know beach. I mean, what is Cutie the, knows chicken. This is the kind of advice. See, listen, Tyler, big fan of yours as well. But this is why you got to leave the advice to the uh, to the pros. Make it clear they go outside with your body language. What body language does that look? What does go you go outside body language look like? Oh, Tyler. Well, I do feel like I'm I'm not doing what he's saying. I'm like getting mad at them That's every true. time. I'm like, no, outside, go outside, go outside. Don't do that. You're like, yeah, you're the reason that I didn't get the kind of love I wanted when I was young. But it's so frustrating when you take dogs outside. They don't pee and then they come inside and pee on a rug. Right. All right. One more one more letter. Okay. 
Hey, Tosh and Moshe wanted to offer my two cents about your problem about with your dogs pissing everywhere, though it might be pointless because Moshe already said he would never do what I'm about <laughs> to suggest. The problem is not that your dogs aren't well behaved or that they're dumb. It's that they're old AF. So you're young AF. By two, <laughs> that's a signal that you're young AF. You say AF. I'm like, I'm talking to a youngster and incontinent. I put down my dog of 16 years last month, last March. He was a perfect angel his whole life and never peed inside ever. Well, the last year of his life, he would piss inside ever, several times a week simply because he didn't have control of his bladder anymore. It got to the point where we had to put doggy diapers on him. I'm sure there are many different kinds, but we got the reusable ones that you can throw in the washing machine. <laughs> the downside of these is that if you don't change them out immediately, your dog will just reek of piss everywhere they go, and you have to do a whole laundry cycle just for the one item. Uh. But I much preferred the that versus the stress of grabbing my dog mid-pee and running to the patio or bathroom and scrubbing stains out of the carpet all the time. Anyway, consider this option. It's so ridiculous, but these are the things we do for our furry companions. Hope you guys figure it out. I just, once again, I think it's better to live in the smell of piss than to have to pet something wearing a diaper. There's a reason I stopped talking to my grandma when she became incontinent. And it wasn't because she used to psychologically torture me when I was young. No, she didn't. No, she was a great lady. In fact, I went and visited the spot where we scattered her ashes last this Sunday. And I'm happy to report Natasha attended as well. And she was engaged the whole time. It was fun. It was, yeah, it was sweet, huh? It was nice. Although it was funny because it was like this lady was, was at the Berkeley Marina and this lady was sitting there clearly like meditating or something and we just like seven of us just came in and started talking about hope and she, it's just a funny thing to interrupt someone's Sunday afternoon with a funeral. <laughs> the funny thing was everyone went around and talked about everything about like they said a word about your grandma and your stepfather said like three, he was like, she was argumentative. <laughs> She, she called, stubborn. The, she was stubborn. She, she called the city a lot. <laughs> Those were the three things he remembered from her. Well, she was a great lady. I miss her very dearly. This one, this episode of the Endless Honeymoon podcast goes out to the ghost of Hope Worthen. Well, there was a lot of, ama- everyone was saying all the amazing qualities about her. Yeah, totally. But thick, also, thick butt. I mean, she, she, her Lucha. ass was on Brazil. Um, but also, let me just go back for a second and say that I have a, I, I, I don't think I want the dogs in diapers, but I think I've just, Getting rid of rugs. Okay. You know, like not accumulating more rugs right now. You know, like we don't have rugs in our bedroom because that's kind of where I leave them. Mm-hmm. And if, if we have to go somewhere. So, um. Yeah, I'm going to throw a hearty, yeah, right. You buy more rugs than any human being I've ever met in my life. I've never even met a person with a relationship with rugs like you. Not even close. <laughs> and I'm in, uh, in that I'm including like a Persian rug salesman that I've run into. That guy, dude, you go to Persia to like the rug salesman in the bazaar in Persia, and that guy will be like, she's a little intense about rugs. So I didn't do the accent, but I wanted to. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time for us to do a call. Yeah, let's do a call. And also, I will say, too, the Chihuahuas, they live too long. Well, that's what I'm saying. Everyone's saying they're going to be 16. Like, I used, I liked that, but, you know, I can't have this for five more years. Next dog, German Shepherd, bought straight from a Nazi. Lives seven years, protects you the whole time, and then croaks out. No pee. That sounds nice. Hey, Endless Honeymoon Podcast listeners, we would like to tell you about another podcast that we think that you will love because we love it, and it's hosted by our friends Babs Gray, Brandy Posey, and Tess Barker. It's called lady to lady each week they invite a special guest to play sleepover games delve into ridiculous tangents past guests have included karen kilgariff she's hilarious jody sweeten peaches love her margaret cho love her katja and alaska thunderfuck from drag race and over 400 plus femme artists and comics lady to lady on exactly right is available now so listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts new episodes every wednesday follow lady to lady on instagram and twitter at lady to lady comedy Now we're going to call Caitlin in Seattle. Well, that sounded good. That was voiceover voice. Yeah, I'm a professional voiceover artist, Moshe. Now we're going to call... But you're an amateur... Podcaster? No, you're a professional podcaster as well. Do you think I look like... um, Okay, hold on. Here we go. Here she is. Here she is. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, Caitlin. How you doing? Hi, Caitlin. Hey, how are you? Good, great. We're great. What's going on in Seattle? 
Um, not a lot. We're starting to get kind of rain. We had three months of no rain, so we're all just kind of happy about it now. Oh, yeah. Are you next to a baby carriage? Yeah, I am. I'm hiding at my sister's house because I'm about to. The question I have for you is about my husband. So I'm hiding at my sister's house. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you went all the way to her sister's house just to call us? Yes, I did. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I think this call ends with a divorce. Okay. I hope not. What's good? What's good? Okay. What's going on? Okay. So it's a little bit of context. My husband and I have been together for 10 years. We've been married for eight years. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. (laughs) How old are you? I'm 27. So you've been, okay. Together since 17. Yes. Got it. Whoa. That's hardcore. Yeah. So that kind of brings me to it. Um, we basically he hasn't given me an orgasm in four years i don't think he knows this and i don't really bring it up because i don't know how to so that's kind of my question like how do i bring it up and it's not that he's like a selfish lover but it's just like when he's done it's done Uh uh-huh what used to happen four years ago though yeah um well i mean we were just younger and had more time we have a six-year-old who sleeps in bed with us now unfortunately and i can't get her out uh-huh. so i mean we, that's a that's a big that's a big one yeah because yeah, have you have you been offering do you does it does it infringe on how often you have sex yeah we kind of have to like get it in in like the shower or when she's at school you know it's like it's just not like we don't have like that time at night every night where it's you know and you don't and you don't have for example a relative living nearby that could help you out with watching your kid (laughs) like a sister just a sister yeah your sister yeah yeah but what am i gonna do drop her off every time i want to get it on Have, have you mentioned this to your husband um yes and no i'll like i'm not super okay that's part of the other issue i'm not super like sexually forward because I just think I was really young when we got married. So I never really like explored my sexuality very much. So I'm just, I don't, I'm not like super comfortable with like coming out and just saying like, this is what I need. So I'll drop hints or I'll text him. Like I'll text him a link to like tantric sex or something, you know, something. What's he do with those links? What's his response? LOL. Yeah. Kind of like, he'll be kind of like somewhat receptive and be like, Oh yeah, you know, we should try this, but it doesn't really translate into active actions. Maybe you, well, first of all, you definitely need to talk to talk about it. And I think that if it, if he did used to make you feel good, you have to let him know that and maybe let, let him know that it, you know, usually I wouldn't say bring it up during the act, but it seems like that would be appropriate, right? Like maybe when you start having sex, like try to start talking to him a little sexy and telling him the last time you remember him making you come that you, you know, you want that again. And if I think you really have to tell him too, because if he ignores that, like I know if I told Moshe that, although I don't think he would stop well, pleasing I, me, um, you would you would definitely step to the plate, right, Moshe? Well, I'm just co- confused by this whole thing. I, I straight up didn't know women had orgasms until this call. <laughs> like I literally just learned that. No, I'm confused. I, I still don't really understand what's happening. Four years ago. It's because of the the kids in the, they don't have much no, time and not. he's being selfish. Yeah, that. It's that. Yeah. Wait, can I ask you some very personal questions? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Uh, if you get uncomfortable with anything I ask, we can cut it out or you can just no, say, I'm I don't want to answer that. Okay. Well, in what is the act through which he used to make you have an orgasm that, he, what was the act? Really? It was like foreplay. And now we just don't really. Now you don't to- do foreplay anymore. Yeah, we just don't really do it anymore. We- so it's hard for me to like get to that place where for him it's much more easier. I'd give him three minutes I, and you know. I understand. He's good to go. I mean, I, I got some straight up concrete ass advice. Well, first of all, do you have, I mean, what's that? Well, we actually, we don't do ads for them anymore. So I'm not going to talk to you about that. But like, why don't you just get a vibrator and just be like, hey, I want to use this because I know this is uncomfortable for you because you're not super forward. But like, what about using a vibrator during sex? I'm totally open to it. I just don't know how to bring it up. Like I'm interested in trying new things. and I do want to kind of explore my sexuality with him because I didn't really have like a whole lot of time to do that. You have to tell him what you just said. You have to say that. You have to like, you have to sit him down maybe and let, uh, you don't want him to turn it into a too big of a deal that like it scares him or something where he's going to be like, whoa, what's going on with her, you know? But like, you've got to like let him know this, I think, because if he's closed off, it's a really good indication that, you're you're not going to be 
you know, it's I, I don't know. I, I don't mean, even think he is closed off. I think you hit the nail on the head. He's he's con he is l becoming lazy because you're allowing him to. Mm -hmm. You've allowed an unacceptable situation to become acceptable. And I hate to say it, but it's like, you know, I don't think it's a gender thing, but it, it is in some ways a gender thing because men generally are the receivers of pleasure. And, and it's more unusual when the man is like uh, careful and cognizant of a woman's sexual pleasure than the other way around. I mean, it, it's, it never occurs that a woman is like, yeah, I just don't let him get off very often, but I get mine. That doesn't exist in the... In, in, but, but a man should be pleasing you every time you have sex. I, I agree. What I'm saying is it's a more it's a it's a common refrain that a man becomes selfish and takes advantage of what's a very convenient thing for him. He's having a great time. So it doesn't I'm not def I'm, I'm not defending the guy. I'm I'm saying, unfortunately, that's the situation you're in. But you're going to have to have a conversation or it's not going to change. You're not going to be able to give him subtle hints and send him links to sting doing holotropic <laughs> breathing. And he's going to be like, oh, I get it. She hasn't had an orgasm in four years. He has. He's not noticing. <laughs> Links to sting. Okay. Well, then, what should she do? Should she talk to him like right before sex and how, like? Well, how uncomfortable would he be if he knew you called into this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. He's kind of like a private person. <laughs> so I was thinking about playing him the podcast, but but okay. So Moshe, from like a guy's perspective, if I do bring this up to him and talk to him about it, do you think that he'll get? I don't want him to feel like embarrassed or defensive. Why? Like, well, fucking, who cares how he feels? <laughs> it's also how you say it you know like that's why i'm saying my suggestion was just like telling him how great it feels when he whatever he does to you you know when you yeah. sit on his face or when he licks your pussy or whatever it is like you know just just try to incorporate it and if he doesn't get the hint then you got to like talk to him about it again but you, you know just say like i, I want to start you know you, you we've got to figure it out and well, speaking of the sex act that Natasha just described in <laughs> vulgar, I was just the vulgar description. Well, I didn't want to like put anything on her. Does that? I mean, again, this I don't, does that do it for you? Does that get you off when a guy goes down on you? Yes, but he hasn't done that in like since we were like dating. Okay, like so well, what? I mean, so if that first yeah. of all, that ain't cool. That's not cool. I think it's because I told him at the You're time. Right. I Whatever I you're about to like say it. is right. It's not his fault. It's your fault. Well, I told him I didn't like it because I was so young. I was like really uncomfortable with it. And uh -huh. now that I, I'm comfortable with my body. And so we just haven't gone back to that place. And I don't know how to like, I'm just not super forward. Here's I guess. the thing. Here's what I think should happen. Do you guys have like a, an anniversary coming up or anything? Yeah, we do. We're going to San Francisco for our anniversary. Actually. Okay, so at this anniversary, at dinner, I think you need to talk to him and you need to say like how grateful you are that you guys were able to meet so young because that's like so few people get that. Yeah. To like have your partner be like basically the only person you've been with and you guys just like know each other so well and you look at each other and you see each other in each other's eyes and you every reference point you have from adulthood is from this relationship you know it's very special but you have to let him know in addition like you you know for example I used to not like you to go down on me now I really like it you know and I want to be able to like spend that time with you and grow with you like I think us growing together is really you know and I think just emphasizing it that way and then what he's not going to feel embarrassed I, I've come up with the solution uh I, first of all there's no need for you to tell him you haven't had an orgasm with him in four years Right. There's no need to tell him that because right. what you can tell him is what's true is I really want to start having sex where I have where we make sure I have an orgasm before you every time. Don't put the thing where I'm at a deficit of four years more say <laughs> what I'd like to do is to make sure but not even saying it like that. Here's the real plan. You're going to San Francisco, the city that fucks. Right. So <laughs> you go to whatever you do in San Francisco and then take a little field trip surprise because you got the perfect excuse to do it without it being weird surprise we're going to a place called Good Vibrations it's a famous feminist sex shop in San Francisco all right oh, okay. it's called Good Vibrations like I'm sure you have one in Seattle but now yeah. you wouldn't want to go there in Seattle because it'd be like weird like wait why are we here but it's like <laughs> a part of the, the weird trip that you're taking you're going like we're going here Get them, get a little vibrator or whatever, and use that vibrator as a not just sexually, 
as a, a launch to the conversation. So that night, it's a, he's going to be like, wow, we went sex shopping for sex toys. Cool. Buy him a thing, too. Maybe he wants some anal beads, whatever he wants. And then you say, yeah, I'm really in whatever Natasha said. I love you so much, blah, blah, blah. And in terms of this sex and sexuality, like I, I really want us to start uh, making sure because I know... I know we've been like, you know, had the kid and we haven't been able to focus. But I'm just deciding, like, I really want us to focus on making sure I have an orgasm every single time we have sex before you have an orgasm. And he'll be like, oh, challenge accepted. And then and then tell him. And, you know, I also I realized I told you when I was young, I don't like guys going down on me. I really do. And then turn the vibrator on, straddle the old boy's chin and then start your new sex life. That's what I think. Also, your daughter's six. Like you probably have to start weaning her out of your room. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh, you're telling me. I know it's. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I don't know what the thought on that is. Do you have a place to put her? Do you have? Does she oh, have? Oh yes, a- no. She's got a foster room. care. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, literally, there's some nights I consider it. No, we've tried bribing her. We've tried threatening her. Like, we've tried it all. I think. I think. Is she, our kid gonna do that? She never has. Our kids never slept in our bed a night in her life. But oh, she didn't. She was fine until she was three, Uh-oh. and then she watched a scary movie with a babysitter and hasn't left. I mean, I don't what? know. I don't know how to advise you on that. I think it's time to like just kick what, her, kick her to the curb. What movie? So I make sure I don't show it to my kid. It the clown. Movie. Why would it. you? I know. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> the babysitter showed her it. Yeah, she said that she thought she was sleeping, but apparently not, because now my daughter knows. Wait, the babysitter. The babysitter showed her it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then she said it was only like the first couple minutes, but we just went to the Halloween store and she saw like the costume of it and she flipped out. <laughs> so um, it's clearly not over it. That is crazy. You have to get your daughter weaned off it. You cannot let her sleep in your bed anymore. She's gonna it's gonna get weird. But okay, but and wait don't use that babysitter again. Do you think do you think uh, this is my suggestion. All that stuff I said, what I'm saying really is use the anniversary trip. Because that's what anniversaries are. They're like a let's remember. Use the anniversary trip as a as a like sideways way into having this conversation. So it seems like a organic conversation. It doesn't seem like we need to have a, a come to Jesus about our which I assume you believe in because you got married so young about our, um, our our sex life. It's more like a it's our anniversary. Do you think you can have that conversation and go to good vibrations? on your trip to San Francisco. Can you do it? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll kind of help because it kind of gives you like an excuse. Yeah. Yes. Love that. Did you like any of, of that advice? Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. Yeah. And no, this, that clears that everything up for me. I'm excited. For this. One last thing. If you're having trouble getting off is, um, you put on some of my stand up. I heard a lot of women <laughs> find that really got some going, right? Tosh. Yes, honey. Don't we play? We play it a lot when we're together. Mm-hmm. And it's usually my idea, but I think Natasha really likes it. Yeah, you just run your sets while she gets <laughs> off. <laughs> All right, Caitlin, well, good luck. And I really am looking forward to you getting off. Absolutely. I mean, we just, you have to talk about you it. You deserve it. You absolutely deserve it. And he doesn't, de- you don't, here's the other thing. Do all the communicative tricks I, that we suggested, but don't think about his needs. His needs are getting met. It's so crazy that his needs have been getting met exclusively for the last four years, and you're still worried about whether or not his needs will get met in the conversation about <laughs> your needs getting met. I know. It, does that say something about the relationship? No, it probably says something about women's the role in society. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it does. That you can get into a rut, but the rut. How come the rut never includes the man not having an orgasm in four years? It never does. So you're, you're in the rut, pop out of the rut, and he'll be happy because guys, even when they're selfish, they want their partner to have Ooh, orgasms. One more thing. When you listen back and figure out what you're going to say, also add to it that you want to know if there's anything he might be into or if there is anything to please let you know because you're really interested and, you know, you just want to be very, just, just, you know, you can just say like, just, you know, I'm very open. So you can come to me with that. Okay. I was reacting to what you were saying because I didn't want her, Caitlin, to make any, this about his needs at all. But I hear what you're saying. You're saying the conversation will be not only the, the, the declaration that you need to start getting off during sex, but also that you guys want you want to open up a bit as a sexual entity or, or at least sh- let it, if she just lets him know it's just good that right. he you know it's 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 just good communication what is 10 years you've been together 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can call it phase ten. It's when your sex life went went into phase ten. Okay. Good luck. Okay. Good luck, Kayton. Thank you guys so so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Get that six year old out of your bed. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. They're they're all kids down here. Yep. Okay. No Pennywise in Pennywise pound foolish. Wait, Moshe, that is so fucked up. What if someone shows our kid a scary a scary movie and then they sleep with us? Here's what's gonna happen for us. Because don't forget, we're the cruel people that. won't put diapers on our on our chihuahuas. She'll come into the bed with us one night. We'll be like, aw. The next night she'll be, be wanting to sleep with us. And we'll be like, no. It ain't like that. What happens if she says, but what about it? Uh, I'll say, I'll come sleep with you in your bed for about five minutes. And Pennywise will be scared away by old papa. Is Pennywise from It? Yeah, he's the clown from <laughs> It. And very scary. A very <laughs> scary creature. I don't want anyone babysitting my kid that that's what they're watching just for fun. I know. It's so fun. <laughs> I thought she was asleep. <laughs> well, why were you watching it in the first place? Even if she's asleep, it's bad. Because it could go into her like little <laughs> subconscious ears. I thought she was asleep. That's why I put on the hardcore <laughs> gagging porn. <laughs> it's like you don't just immediately go to like the most adult stuff you've got because the kid goes to sleep. <laughs> Hey, Tosh. Hey, Mosh. You know what I don't like? What? Uh, That funky-ass feeling of having gross teeth. Yeah, that is pretty disgusting. Like your teeth are wearing little sweaters. But you know what else I don't like? What? (laughs) That funky-ass feeling of reaching into a travel bag and your toothpaste is smirched all over your stuff and there's toothpaste everywhere. That is pretty grody. Do you have a solution, Moshe? I do have a solution, and it does more than just protect your travel stuff. It's called Bite Toothpaste, and I'm obsessed. It's a completely different way of thinking about toothpaste. It's not a toothpaste. It's like a little thing that you chew on, and then it turns into toothpaste in your mouth. It took a minute to get used to it, but now I'm obsessed. Did you know that over 1 billion plastic toothpaste tubes are thrown out every year, ending up in landfills and oceans? That's 50 Empire State Buildings worth of plastic every single year. But Bite is reinventing personal care by making products that are good for you and the planet. Yeah, they've got this dry toothpaste tablet. I know it sounds weird, but it comes in a reusable glass jar, and it's basically like little mints, except you pop one in your mouth, Bite down on it and you brush. It foams up like regular toothpaste, but there's no plastic tube and there's no messy paste and it is awesome. Sustainability and clean ingredients are the center of everything they do and they are certified carbon neutral, cruelty free, vegan and palm oil free. Bite is offering our listeners 20% off your first subscription order. Go to trybite.com slash honeymoon or use code honeymoon at checkout to claim this deal. That's T-R-Y-B-I-T-E dot com slash honeymoon. We're going to call... Daniel in Toronto. Him. Hey, guys. Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hey. What's happening? Uh, nothing much. How's wow, Toronto? So is it weird? Um, is it weird to be this close to us and yet so very far away? It is. Like, I, you guys have kind of gotten me through this pandemic. Um, in a weird way, like, genuinely, thank you. Um, you know, this whole two years has been like a total shit show, and... You know, I want it, your podcast is like something that I like it pops up on my phone and it's like it's like a, an hour of happiness. Oh, that's so sweet. Look at us, Tosh. Look at what we're doing. Thank you. That's very that's very the, um, heartwarming and genuinely means a lot to us. So thank you very much. Thank you. How can we help or can we help? Um, so like, you know, this two years has been interesting and I kind of relate to you guys because you have a kid similarly aged to my kid, uh, three years old. And I, from what I've gleaned from your talking, you have one kid. Uh, I also have one kid. And I, I, I do a lot of like, hmm, should I have another kid? Is like this world really, like, I don't know. Friends always message me like, oh, we're having another kid. And you know, normally you're supposed to be like, congratulations or whatever, you know? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what are you doing? So what are your thoughts on like adding another child to this like total shit show we're in right now like am i too negative no not even close i mean i'm i'm way ahead of you don't you feel like there's 
having kids in this era is like this weird combination of like the deepest joy you've ever felt in your life and also this terror when you think of them looking like Kevin Costner in Waterworld like 40 years from now like trumping through the like wasteland that was the world and they're like trying to extract water out of our like kava root and just thinking why did my mom and dad bring me into this world do you want another kid i mean look i have two i have a brother and a sister i love having siblings myself but like it is it's like water world it's totally like what are like do you have a, do you have a partner I, I do i have a husband he's wonderful does he, he want another kid Mm, only I don't he's not like you know it's kind of like I'm he's indifferent wait can you talk me through this and forgive my ignorance if I ask an ignorant question yes like okay so you're having kids you had a you have a kid you you, and you did the like biological I don't know what I'm gonna assume a surrogate right yeah correct yes so you did that is there anything I mean maybe I would just the only part I wonder is like what I would I, it's not like you and your partner, it has to be both of your DNA because it can't be. So what about the idea of if you're, if you want another kid of adopting a kid and then you've done both, you've done two things. You've, you've taken, done a good deed and added to your family. What about that? That is actually a good idea. Something I like kind of dabbled in. But scary, huh? Yeah. Like having your, like, I don't know. I know this sounds terrible, but people are always like, oh, you got to adopt a dog. And like, I have a dog but I didn't adopt the dog. I went to a breeder and I always thought. If I was, if, you have a similar vibe I, with the kids. No, but but I bet your dog doesn't pee all over the floor. No, it, she doesn't. And See? If I was going to have, I always was like, if I'm going to have a shitty dog, I want it to be my fault from the beginning uh-huh. and not like kind of like an adopt. Like, I don't want like a dog. I don't know. It's terrible. But then I've had one, like, it's all like, biological whatever like like no one cares at the end whose it is but like the second one it would be nice and people would think i'm like a really good person they would they would you'd constantly be getting like a wow you know what i mean that'd be kind of cool on the other hand you're guaranteed to fuck your adopted kid up because his whole life or her whole life they'll be like so wait that one's biologically related to you guys and i'm not it'll be but i'm just making a little joke fuck up your life i'm making a joke a lot of adopted kids have siblings that are biologically connected i mean i think that if you if 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 you you're first of all you're asking two separate questions but you're asking should you have another kid and is it even moral to have another kid so like yeah i think it's more the second one like yeah i i don't really think you want another kid you know and I think that you want another kid just because you love your siblings. I don't think that's a big enough reason to have another kid. Ooh, I like that. I mean, but but yeah. is it should you have? Yes, I I mean I think that people should have kids because don't you want to like create an army of uh, Greta Turnbergs who are going to like however you say it. I'm sorry. Turnberg sounds How do you right. Say it? No, it sounded very genuine. An an army of of Gretas, you know. Uh, we need that. We need that group to get us out of. You know. I mean, come on. How 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 likely is it that this next kid that Daniel has is going to be Greta Turnberg? No, but that's the but it's goal. It's more likely Dan- that Daniel's second kid. We need kid, people to vote on things to save the earth. Daniel's second kid is going to be working at Tim Hortons. <laughs> And just slanging donuts. You know, your first kid, I really have a strong feeling about. But your second kid, I don't know. I mean, here's the one reason. Morally, is it moral to have more than one kid? That's a very difficult question to answer for a lot of. That's what I came to you. That's what I came to you for. The moral perspective. I had a friend who was going on like four kids. This is funny. I don't I don't subscribe to this belief, but this is funny. And I go, he's he's about to have his fourth kid. And I was like, dude, four kids? Like, at a certain point, doesn't it become immoral to have children? Like, what about overpopulation? And he goes, well, you know, yeah, it is bad to have overpopulation. But to be honest, not with my kids. Like, he was basically insinuating, like, overpopulation is an issue of, of, ba- of bad people overpopulating. But my socioeconomic... DNA is actually adding to the gross na- national product of where we live. So I, I, um, I don't know. Is it moral to have more than one kid? Yeah, sure. We're all fucking going down anyway. Yeah, I think that you know maybe it would help. It would help the little three-year-old. You know, 
But here's a bigger issue. It's good to have an army in the apocalypse. That's true. And you'll have people to take care of you. The more kids you have, the more likely one of them is going to be rich and take care of you when you get old. But here's the real issue is uh, you, as Natasha always says, it's a quote that she made up and wrote herself. One is an accessory. Two is a lifestyle. And I... I'm, there's a part of me that's sad that we're not going to have another kid because I grew up with a sibling. But there's another part of me that's like so into our tiny little unit. Like we're so nimble and able to move. And at any given point, we can like go somewhere. We can afford the plane ticket. We can uh, go to the restaurant. It's not a big affair. Like my, like my friends with like four kids, like a, going to a restaurant is like actually bringing a culture to the restaurant. And then the <laughs> restaurant has to like bend to their will. With us... Everything's nimble. So I, is it moral to have more than one kid? Some would say it's not moral to have one kid. Yeah, I can tell you're in America because you're talking about going to restaurants right now. And uh, I have not been inside a restaurant in two years. Is Canada still uh, fully locked down? No restaurants? No, we're, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. We're not locked down. Like you could go in right now, but like I'm still, also like I'm nervous. Like I've turned into like, I never thought I'd like, look, if I love my kid, but like, had we had a pandemic? I don't think I would have had one kid after that. Like, right. But it's scary, scary times. Scary times. That's such a good point, actually. I wonder if the amount of children will go down because it's like we've all lived through like what seems like the the hellest hell of children having. I told you everyone's depressed, Moshe. I've never doubted it. You were denying <laughs> that you were depressed. Um, Daniel, yeah, I, I think that the question whether or not it's moral to have another child. Of course it is. Is, yes, you can have another child, whether you should have had one child in the first place. That's a whole other question. But really, in reality, we're all, we're all going down. I, I mean, aren't you going to have a kid and try to like instill in it, you know, the best of what you learned? And I think we're all smarter now and we're having kids a little older when we're a little more developed and like... I don't know. No, I mean, for sure. they could still grow up to be Jeffrey Dahmer, I guess. But, you know, hopefully you'll make people who are not bigoted and, you know, who see the, who who want to fight for the earth and who who make conscious choices. I, I don't know. Maybe that's naive. But. I say adopt. If you're if you're wrestling with the with the the quandary, whether or not it's moral to have another child, it couldn't be more moral to uh, to adopt a child that is in need of love. And then you get your two for one. You get your sibling. You get your ki- sibling for your kid. You get another kid. You get no moral problems at all. You could even try to offset their carbon footprint. You know, I don't, orphanages create a lot of coal. <laughs> you, did you know that? No. All right. Well, I feel I feel bad. Like I've listened to your podcast for like a year and a half, and I'm like I'm, I don't I didn't mean to bring down the. It's a little. It's a bit of a downer. But no, I do like the adoption. I like the. I like that idea. I don't think you want another kid, but. You know, I think that I was open to adopting. No, like a six-year-old would be nice. Like some, not like a two, like I don't want to change diapers. I know, but I when I think up. adopting a child, I'm, I'm sure, you know, that a, a six-year-old, that's something that would require a lot of attention and energy, I would think, from both yeah. you and your partner. So mm. no, or no, it wouldn't. I don't know. It just yeah. feels like, you know, that's a lot to introduce to the yeah. kid. I mean, I... I think of myself doing that right now and I'm like, I don't know if I have the energy to be able to do that. So do you think you could right now, Mosh? Adopt a Mm six-year-old? I would probably, if I was going to adopt, geez, I think I would adopt the little ass baby because I would be so, I'm so neurotic about uh, whether or not something's going to be wrong. You know, and I feel bad saying that, but I'm just like, it's true. I'd be like neurotic. Like, oh, am I going to get some kind of like, you know like lithuanian murder child you know if i get like a nine-year-old and he's gonna be like sharpening a butcher knife when i come into the kitchen with the lights out or whatever and he'd be like you know what i mean he'd be like i learned how to work on diesel engine in lithuania well that would be a good horror movie i should write that and then i have him come but to kill you I'm like, can we please adopt this 11-year-old from Russia? That is a great idea. So you you adopted a sociopathic 11-year-old on purpose yes. to kill your spouse? Yes. Natasha, write this movie. Daniel, I already did. You thought you brought down the podcast? You just you just made my family a million dollars from this screenplay she's going to write. I, exactly I want executive million. producer credit. Okay, you got it. <laughs> okay, well, good luck. Try to try to be positive. You know, look into some mindfulness techniques. You know, try to try to do some self-care and have sex 
Be nice to, to your kid. And go to a restaurant. Start with a Tim Hortons. Yeah, maybe it is time to like have a go to outdoor an outdoor restaurant. You know, yeah. sometimes because you're also t- talking about breaking out of this pandemic hell. And I think that everyone has their own journey with that. And you might want to symbolize it as a family that you're going to start at least doing things outdoors that are social. And here's the thing about COVID. If you don't believe in it, it goes away. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Isn't that right, Tosh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are American after all. Okay, Daniel, thank you. Thanks, Good luck. Guys. Okay, bye. 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 He was sweet. He was sweet. He didn't really have an issue, though. Well, it was an interesting moral quandary. No, he wanted to know our thoughts on something, and I thought that was cool because I do have a lot of thoughts on it. I really do think people should have babies if they want. I do really think that two is the max anyone should have. Really? Yeah, straight up. At a certain point, I think it starts becoming immoral. What? You're just bringing more carbon... You're saying if someone has three kids who some of your friends do, it's immoral. I don't think it's immoral. I think that the more kids you have, the less moral of a choice it becomes. Like at a certain point, like if you see somebody with 10 kids, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why? Do you, do you think 10 kids is like, that sounds like a cool choice? What if you're like, <laughs> what if you're instilling in them amazing qualities Every and they're becoming great people and who are helping the world thinks that they're instilling great qualities in their no kids. they don't they do i'm sure there's some who know they don't have you ever watched 16 and pregnant <laughs> okay yeah, but most parents think they're instilling. i'm just saying like what the, the great man theory doesn't start from one family you're not just like i'm gonna keep having kids because hopefully i'll get an einstein it's like most likely your kid will just be like a big shitty carbon eating moron I don't know. I just think everybody should do it, you know, do whatever they want. Well, yeah, I'm not advocating that we suspend the ability to have more than two kids. I'm just saying, you know, in China, the the one child policy, but you can pay to have more. Is that right? Who do you pay? The government? Yeah, there's like a fee. Oh, interesting. Or like a fine. So so this is what I was talking about with my friend that was like, they're not talking about my kids. It's basically like rich people will always be able to do what they want. But do you really think they should cap on... So you don't think... I don't think there should be a cap. I just don't think that there should be... That you should feel the need for 17 of your progeny to come into the world because your, your I nut know what you mean. is so golden. But I know, but people do like three kids. I mean, look, I grew up with a sibling and I definitely two kids. I'm saying two kids. Cap it at two. If I was in charge of the world... I would make it uh, legally mandated that uh, everyone could only have two children except for the Jews. Oh, my God. What? All right. Well, listen, this has been great. I it feel has like been. I feel like uh, we've, we've gotten to some great places. Things have happened. People have t- been talked to. We had a great time. And hopefully um, the first caller is going to have a blasting hardcore San Francisco nut, a rice aroni nut on her anniversary. And and Daniel hopefully will stay happy with just one child. And I am very happy. I'll tell you why. I realized something recently. What? I love you. I love you too.